Welcome to XM Cinema. I'm your host, Xavier Mustafa, and today we're going to be doing a recap on Big Brother, The Power of Veto episode for week one that aired tonight, August 12th, 2020. And before we get into this episode, I just want to say wherever you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and hit that subscribe button for me and also follow me on my social medias at XM Cinema on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. I do live tweet every episode as it's going on. Um, for the most part, live exactly as it happens, except tonight, ended up having a family call that kind of threw me off by 10 minutes, so I was kind of 10 minutes behind everybody else, but I still recap the episodes, and then I come here right afterwards, and then I record the podcast for you guys. A lot of it is going to be the same uh, information, but you're going to get more of my opinions on it and things like that. I'll try to keep all speed spoilers, well, that was really hard to say, to the end of the episode so if you decide you do not want to know what's going on between episodes just don't listen to that at that part so i will clearly let you know when we are there so you can go ahead and you can log off and or you know come back to it later whatever you decide to do so when we left last week's episode cody had nominated kevin and keisha uh, for eviction Basically, for the most part, they're kind of cop-out votes, just like usually week one votes are. Because you haven't really been in the house that long. You may have sized up who your big fish are, but, you know, you you throw your sacrificial fish up and then you kind of see what happens and you make notes and you move forward. So exactly what Cody is doing here. Cody is... um, really trying to assert his dominance here. You know, it's clearly him and Enzo that's in an alliance. It looks like him and Tyler might be in an alliance. Um, It looks like, of course, you got Janelle and Kaser. You have them talking to each other a lot. You got Nicole F. running around the house crying all the time about everything. Um, That's kind of a speed uh, feed spoiler, but I don't think that's, that's really a big deal. She is just being her whiny and... You know, complaining Nicole F. Self. Let's see, what else we got going on here? We got uh, the other Nicole, from my opinion, she's doing all right. Uh, Ian is doing, I think he's doing okay, but I guess it depends on how you look at it. So let's just start at the beginning of the episode. Uh, Nicole F., uh, she is a snake, still a snake. She's running around telling on everybody. So, you know, if you tell her something, she's going to run and tell the other side of the house. She's basically trying to figure out who she can latch on to because we know that Nicole is known for always having a showmatch that carries her far in the game. But this time she's actually getting married, so she really can't do the showmatch thing. So I think what she's trying to do is she's trying to do more of a, I don't want to say bromance, but she I think she's kind of like trying to, not necessarily it'd be a show match like you know no making out no kissy kissy no philly fillies but she is definitely looking to connect with somebody that can carry on in the game because that's the kind of game that she plays uh so as far as kevin goes i've never really ever been a fan of kevin i mean i thought he was an okay character if you will but i always felt that he was mainly the floater type so, I really don't respect the Florida gameplay, to be honest. Kaser and Janelle, they had a little time on this episode. Uh, they're always fun to watch. You can really tell that they really have a good and genuine friendship. So, that's always refreshing to see. 
and then you get a scene with Keisha talking with Cody and basically talking gameplay with Cody. And it's weird because the whole time Keisha is like looking at Cody as Cody's talking, she really has big RBF. And it looks like something kind of smells on her upper lip. So she kind of has like this face, like she's kind of like squinting, like, ew, I smell something. It's really, really weird. And I'm surprised Cody was able to keep his composure. Because if somebody looked at me while I was talking to them, I would really think that something is wrong. I'd be like, are, are you okay? But that's just the way Keisha is. Now, this is one thing I'm going to say. This entire episode, I believe that is like the only scene we get with Keisha. Where are you? You are on the block. Kevin, all across this episode, is talking to people, trying to build relationships, trying to cut deals already. And so you you can tell that he doesn't want to go home. Keisha, I don't know what she's doing. I just don't know if maybe she just got a bad edit or she's really not, uh, how do I word it, just really not playing the game. Then we have a scene with Kaser, Davon, and I think it was Nicole A. They were all in a room together. And Kaser started talking about how, you know, the first time he played in the house, you know, the uh, the Iraq war, I think, was going on. And he was talking about, you know, how bad things are now compared to then. And, you know, he breaks down for a little bit. And it's really, it's really a feel-good moment. Like, I've always, always been a fan of Kaser, right? Let's be honest. The first episode, I was behind him and Janelle, that whole squad as they were battling the other side of the house, the evil side, I like to call it. And my biggest thing with Kaser, although he was very strategic, he had great plans, he had great foresaw, forethought, with the exception of he always ended up in a situation where he ended up getting voted out. And I don't know if it's just he couldn't pull it out when he really needed to, uh, if he relied too much on his... Uh, the the fellow game players or the people the people on his team performing for him, but you know you get that strategic gameplay and it's great, and then all of a sudden it's over because he ends up you know getting evicted. So I'm kind of concerned the same thing is happening this season because this season reminds me a lot of when Kaser came back and played the second time. The second time he played the second time, he was getting everybody together. He was rallying the troops. He's a very charismatic guy. People love him. People love to talk with him. People love to get to know him. He just has that energy. But he was quickly voted out. Uh, and then I think he, I don't know if it was that season, I think he won a competition, came back, got voted out right again. So, But, yeah, a good, good genuine guy. And I really, I really want to see him and Davon forming a lot. I think Devon, since she is so quick to like pop off at somebody and you know, you know, yell and scream and you know, I, I gotta get my point across, like that kind of character she is. I think having somebody like Kesar, who's always calm, cool, and collected, collected, and calm, cool, and collected. I think that's how you say that. Would be great for her because I think she would kind of come down a couple levels and probably can watch how Kaser does things and take good notes from him. So I like this pairing a lot. I don't know if it's really a pairing, though, but I hope it is 
Um, and we'll talk probably more about that uh, when we get to the uh, the spoiler feed stuff at the end. So I just want to let you guys know this is how I'm approaching um, all of these episodes. I am watching all these episodes, and I'm going to react to these episodes on Twitter and here on the podcast as if I don't know anything else that's going on with the feeds. And it's not that I'm trying to be deceptive. Uh, deceptive. Yeah. Wow, I can't talk today. Not like I'm trying to be deceptive or anything and try to like lead you a certain way, knowing that I know that's what's going on, is that I understand that some people just don't watch the feeds. Some people can only watch the episodes when they're live on the air, which I understand because I was that guy for the longest time. I don't have time for the feeds. To be honest, I have a full-time job. I have this podcast. I have another podcast. I'm a videographer. So, you know, I have shoots and things like that that I'm doing. So I'm a pretty busy guy. But I try to keep tabs on it on the internet as best I can. So because I know there's their, there's that divide, I will try to keep feeds and spoilers and things like that towards the end of the podcast. So Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. We get a confessional with Tyler, and Tyler's kind of like, hey, I don't want to play the game just like I did last time, but all of these people are coming up and aligning with me. So you get a couple of scenes of people coming up to him and say, hey, let's work together, hey, let's work together. So now Tyler's in the same boat where he pretty much has an alliance with uh, 90% of the house. Enzo and Cody. Enzo and Cody, to me, they look just like Derek Lavaster and Cody. Uh, I think it's going to be the same thing this year if it goes their way, where it's going to be them two to the end. The big difference is Enzo is a totally different character than Derek Lavasser. So if Cody does get to the end, I can see Cody giving Enzo a really good run for his money. But one thing I will say about Enzo is Enzo can play this game. Enzo is smart. My only problem with Enzo is I think, and I don't want to say it's a problem, it's a problem for Cody. If Enzo gets to the end, I think they would see him working harder out of the two. Because even this, even in this episode, when stuff was going on, it was Enzo that was seeing it that was coming back and bringing it to Cody. It wasn't Cody finding out these things and bringing it to Enzo. So... I think when it comes down to it, you know, when they make their final speeches and jury management and things like that, I think that's going to be a big, big problem for Cody. So Cody needs to watch that because I'll hate for him to get all the way to the end and lose again, just like he lost against Derek. And there's, I don't want to say, I'm not trying to like disrespect Derek's game or anything at all because he played a fairly fabulous game. But when it came down to the end, when it came down to him and Cody, you had to vote Derek because Cody basically did a lot of Derek's dirty work, and that, uh, I don't even want to say that either because Derek did dirty work too. But when it came down to it, it definitely looked as if Derek was playing more of the game than Cody was. So Cody probably will have a leg up on Enzo if it comes down to the two. But again, Cody has to make sure that he makes big moves and he makes big moves without Enzo. Or he makes a big move and carry Enzo with him, but actually make the jury or the house guests know what's happening. So when it comes down to the end, Cody can actually take that credit and get the credit for it. So then we get a scene with Ian. Ian is in the room with, I believe it was Nicole A and... It was like two other people. This is where we found out that Ian lives with autism. 
And I kind of figured this out the first time I seen him play, uh, just because, you know, a lot of, you know, body language, you know, the kind of he sits there and rocks, which he brought that up in his episode. And just the kind of way he interacts and things like that, you can you can you can kind of tell and granted I'm no ex, I'm no expert, but sometimes you can tell when when somebody is, is suffering or I don't want to say suffering. God, that's a bad word. I'm gonna take that back. When somebody's living with autism, because nobody suffers with autism, it's not a suffering thing. Um, you know, people live with it, so uh, don't want to be disrespectful if you are somebody that lives with autism. So, who I apologize for that word. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's just one of those things that like, just like I'm saying with Kesar with Ian, where Ian is such a good guy. And even when, you know, he did backstab a couple people in the season that he won, but he didn't do it in a hurtful, hurtful way. If I guess you could say it in the nicest way possible. He stabbed them in the back, but you know, you could tell that he just made very, very strategic moves, which my concern is that may cost him, could cost him his game early if people realize, which some people are, they're kind of pointing out that, hey, this guy is super smart. And yeah, Ian is super smart. He's playing like he's not super smart. He's playing like he's not, you know, paying attention to details and that he's not, you know, all the time thinking of ways to get, you know, in and out of scenarios to make sure that he benefits out of them. Yeah, that, that's, that's my thought. That's my thoughts on Ian. I, I want, Ian is one of the people that I'm rooting for in this game. I just want, I just want him to lay low. He needs to lay, and I know I say I hate it. I hate the floater game, but see with him, if he lays low, lay, lays low, that's really not a floater game because we know when it comes down to it, he is going to play in them comps. He's going to win them comps when he needs to, and he's going to make the big moves. So he proved that his season a lot. So I'm looking forward to really see how this is going to pan out with Ian. Um, there was a scene where Kevin was trying to talk to Enzo about the bathroom and as he's trying to do it, like David walked out of like the the toilet area, and um, then like somebody else came in, and then he was trying to talk to like Ian, and it was a it was just a scene of just Kevin kind of being in an awkward situation. Um, them walking around with bare feet in a public bathroom like that is absolutely disgusting. Probably didn't need to bring it up in the podcast, but I'm just looking at my notes and I'm like, oh, that was just so nasty. How do you walk around places like that? Like, I live by myself, and even when I'm by myself, I try not to walk in my bathroom without bare feet. You know, if I get in the shower, I'm in and out. I'm, on, I'm walking on the towel. I'm going right to my room. I'm putting socks on. Like, I don't know. That's disgusting to me. So, we get to the POV um, selection of players. Cody picks Tyler. Kevin gets house house guest choice and picks Enzo. Now, this was part of their discussion in the bathroom is, you know, he said, hey, if I get house guest choice, I'm going to pick you for it. Is that okay? And basically, he's just doing that to curry favor with him, which makes sense. Uh, but then he also started to make the same deal with Ian, and Ian was like, 
I think Ian kind of, I don't say blow him off, but he kind of blew him off. It was like, yeah, uh, you know, I can't promise you that. Uh, so, Keisha picks Ian, and then uh, Davon is their host. So, the way this competition works is the players have to ride a banana back and forth. Once they have so many strokes of the banana, they get to go and do a, like, they, they have to stack these fruits up. So there's these, like, I don't know if they're wooden or what, but there's these, like, things of fruit that they have to stack up. They have 90 seconds from the point that they rock the banana enough times uh, to do as much of the puzzle as they can, then get back to banana and ride some more before their time runs out. So if your time runs out and you have not pressed the button to lock in the number of fruits that you have stacked up, or you're on a banana trying to get more time, you are out. They only had, I believe it was a total of 30 minutes for the competition altogether. So either whoever locked in and ended up with the highest number at the end of the game, or whoever... That was the second scenario. Let's be, I think it was the only scenario. Uh, so what ends up happening is, first of all, I don't know what Big Brother is doing with these little sexual innuendos, but those riding of the bananas was very, very inappropriate, if you will. But one thing I will say, I will give Enzo, Cody, and probably Tyler some credit. They rolled the hell out of the bananas, especially Enzo. So, um, Enzo's wife is, is probably a happy lady uh, just based off, you know, Enzo's performance performance tonight. So, Enzo stacks it up to 19. No, 18, sorry. He decides to lock that in. Uh, the rest of the competition goes on. Uh, people start getting eliminated. Then it came down to Kevin, Keisha, and Tyler. So, Kevin gets 19 pieces stacked. Then he has to decide, do I keep going or do I just lock this in? I would have locked it in, but he was scared because Keisha was starting to get a high, um, her, her a, a, a good number of, of fruit up on her board. He decides to go for it, but when he makes that decision... He had ran out of time, so he did not get to his banana in time, nor did he lock in, so he was eliminated. It comes to Keisha and Tyler with one minute left in the overall game. Keisha fumbles, and her tower comes tumbling down, and Tyler and Keisha end up timing out. So, if Kevin would have taken the time to just buzz in, just be confident in his 19, he would have won this competition, but instead it goes to Enzo with 18. Enzo is your power veto winner. And Keisha and Kevin are your, I guess you could say, your big loser. So you find out that Ian and Nicole are in alliance with each other, that I think they're calling themselves the past winner alliance because they are the only two that have won the game. Also heard the word Million Club floating around, so I don't know which name they're really going to go with. Uh, Nicole says in confessional that her allegiance, is re- her allegiance is really with Cody, but having an alliance with Ian is a good backup. 
So Nicole F is, you know, playing her, playing her game, uh, putting people into her web for her usage. Uh, Kevin hopes that he gained favor with Enzo for picking up for the house guest choice. Um, has Keisha talked to anybody at this point? That's my notes right here. And no, I also put, is she playing? Did she forget to play? Did she forget this was a game? I don't understand. If I, I guess I don't know if she was just that confident that she would not go home instead of Kevin, but I, we did not get any moments of her talking game with anybody. Uh, so I got a little note about Kevin really campaigning against someone who's not even playing. Great spot to be in if you're Kevin. Keisha, where are you, girl? So, I'm totally teamy in this season. Enzo and Cody. Uh, actually, no, let me take that back. Sorry, I read that wrong. Uh, we get a scene with Bailey and Day talking. So, I guess we have the Bay and Day alliance, which I actually like these two girls working together. But if it's just going to be them two, okay, and, they, and if they're going to make a final two, they need to bring some more people in their alliance, and I think that person needs to be in. I think they could probably bring in Nicole A, Kaser, Janelle. I don't know about Christmas. Christmas didn't really get any time in the edit today. So I don't know what's her story, but what's going on on the live feeds. Maybe Memphis... But it seems like Memphis is kind of with the, the guys on the other side. I think who else got in there. I, I don't know where David is. He didn't get much time to edit. We just got him washing his hands in the sink. Uh, in the bathroom sink. That's all we got of him. Uh, then it comes to some conversations about uh, Ian. Uh, Enzo throws Ian under the bus because he sees him and Nicole talking about the bathroom. And at that point... I think they had just got done talking about game, but they weren't talking about game at the moment Enzo saw them. And Enzo saw them and he kind of ducks up, ducks out and runs up the stairs and is quick to tell Cody. And Cody entertains the idea of putting up Ian as a replacement. However, when it comes down to the actual POV, he decides to not use the power of veto. So Kevin, as well as Keisha, are still on the block. And uh, that concluded this episode. So... I'm going to start talking about a little bit of what's going on on the feed. So if you are going to stop here, thank you for listening. Make sure you take care of yourself and each other. And again, I will be live tweeting tomorrow's episode. I will be doing a podcast about tomorrow's episode. So again, you can keep in contact with me at XMCenter on, on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Now for all you guys that have hung out to figure out what's going on the feed, the feeds have been so confusing because it seems like Nicole F is floating around between everybody. I don't know who she's truly aligned with. You have Cody Enzo. Then I think you have Bailey and Devon, I think, are in the four. But then you also have Enzo and Cody with... I think Nicole F and somebody in another Final Four. Then there's a bigger group of, I believe, nine that Cody is, you know, at the helm of. And 
You got the other side of the house, which is Kaser, Janelle, and everybody else. But you got everybody else that's kind of flip-flopping, too, because they don't know who they want to be aligned with. Now, as far as the votes go, or the way they're scheduled to go, it looks like Kevin um, is going to stay alive this week. However, it keeps switching with certain people to Keisha, which Keisha isn't even campaigning which is excruciating for me. Like, why would you keep somebody that's in-house that's not even campaigning to be there? Like, wow. Like, that's that's terrible. Um, you have Ian. Ian, who looks like he's with the Kaser uh, Janelle Alliance, and that's really where I want him to be. I don't want him to be mixed up with the, K, uh, the Enzo and the Cody. I think... I want him on the Kaser and Janelle side of the house. Um, Danny is pretty much seemed to be a snake on the live feeds because she's just kind of snooping around, listening to people's conversations and reporting, you know, back to the people on that side of the house, which is the Cody's, the Enzo's, and all those guys. You got Bay and Davon, who I think are working together, but then you also have this weird dynamic between Kaser and Devon where they have a good rapport with each other, but Devon kind of, well, kind of points Kaser out on his BS. Like, there was a scene that I've seen on YouTube where she was basically saying, hey, um, you know, just let you know, when you came to this house, man, you look like you're the only person here to play the game. He's like, really? I come off that way? Like, I don't think this is really the way she should have went about it. But at the same time, that's just Devon being real. And I think Hacer overall is a, is a real guy. So I, I think maybe they have a mutual respect for each other because of that. Um, David, from what I hear, is aligned with Tyler? Maybe? Uh, the reason why I say that is because... It seems like everybody is recognizing David as a floater, and it doesn't seem like many people want to work with him unless they can possibly use him as a number. So there's a lot of interesting dynamics going on. I think once we figure out who is going to stay tomorrow, and long as we figure out who is going to be in power tomorrow by winning the HOH, I think at that point – that's when we're really going to see the line in the sand, which is really cool because you usually don't see the lines in the sand start to start, start to start, start until I would say week three. Like they kind of start around week one a little bit in week two, really strong in week three because everybody's still trying to fill each other out. But this is an all-star season. And everybody here is here to play, baby, except for, I think, David. I think David's just walking, just happy to be part of the team, happy to not be on the block for the first week, and happy to not be going home the first week. Uh, but I think he's going to do okay in this game because nobody's going to take him seriously. Nobody is going to go after him because he's, hate to say, not worth going after. But I digress. Uh so, yeah, I don't think there's anything else I need to go over in the feeds. Nicole F's a, f she's a, she's a whiner and a complainer, and she's a snitch, and she's a snake. Danny seems to be a snake. 
Uh, Janelle's kind of having a problem with some of the girls just because I think it's more of a clash of personalities. Uh, because Janelle kind of does have a, she has a certain personality that is not just the warmest, I think. But it's, I think it's one of those things like once you get to know her, you're like, oh, okay, that's just the way she is. So I don't, th- I, I think that's working a little bit against her in the house. But overall, I think there's not there's enough people that do want to work with her. I'm just interested to see where these alliances are going to end up falling because what I totally predicted at the beginning of the game. Uh, for the most part, about only fifty uh, percent of it has happened, and even then, those are kind of up in the air right now. So, I'm gonna wrap this up because I'm just like kind of rambling right now. So, guys, I like to thank you for listening. Please, 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 wherever you're listening to this, go ahead and hit that subscribe button for me. Also, follow me on my social medias at XM Cinema on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. And then tomorrow, when we end week one and begin week two, somebody is going to be going home. We're going to be discussing that. We're going to discuss whoever's going to win the power of veto and then my thoughts going forward from there. We'll also review things that are going on on the feeds right now going up into the uh, elimination. So I look forward to that. So until we talk again, make sure that you take care of yourself and each other.